Hey, welcome back to E-Crime Bites, Season 2, Episode 5, and we're in the concluding act, Act 4, which is Punishment is Served. We have Justin Scott, who he and Charles Bretton split from their law firm, and Justin Scott has now admitted to intentionally logging back into the Bratton law firm over a year later to look at the calendars to see competitively how they're doing against each other. So with that, why don't you tell us what Mr. Scott thinks about this, Seth? Scott says he was entitled to it. He was asked on deposition that whether he felt that he had permission to access that after he had left the firm. And Scott responded with, I believe I did at the time because it was under Brat and Scott LLC. So the attorney is asking him, I'm sorry, this is after you left the firm? That is correct. So basically Scott is saying, well, technically the firm hadn't changed names yet, so I was still entitled to it. Uh, which maybe contractually was true, you know, I don't know, but it certainly seems like an iffy ethical and legal reason to do it. Again, and this deposition takes place in, uh, in November 2020. Uh, and further in, Scott says that given that they were in a lawsuit at the time, uh, and because we had some discrepancies in how the business would end, meaning how we were separating our clients, such as sending, and also such as sending out a letter to all the former clients and being able to let the clients decide whether they choose to stay with Bratton or move on with uh, Scott, uh, he felt that he had to look at calendars and things like that to be able to help distinguish that. And it's a pretty aggressive thing because he basically admitted it. Yeah, and he goes on to say, the attorney questions him and says, when you open up your own firm, what happened again? So this is the technical part. I, I talked about this in the last act. I'll say it again here. This is in his words. He says, so when you click through TeamViewer, TeamViewer has my credentials saved to access Brett and Scott. So I logged into Brett and Scott, and that's how I had done it before. So he hadn't shut me out of that piece of technology. I wanted to know what his week looked like compared to mine. The biggest reason was because he has a marketer there that was trashing my name. And I just wanted to know who was actually referring to me versus him. So then... The question at the end of the day, everybody needs to ask himself, why the fuck did he do it? And he had a quote in the paperwork that I thought was just beautiful. I'm going to read it to you. It says he attributed his decisions to his competitive character and described his conduct as having, quote unquote, fell into stupid. Yeah, that deserves its own noise effect. So it's interesting if you read kind of the, the progression of that deposition, he went from basically stating that you know, he felt entitled to it because there was a legal naming convention to the firm. And then he felt he needed it because he needed to, you know, help distinguish whose clients were who uh, based upon the disintegration of the firm. And then he was like, well, I also needed to do it or I needed to do it because one of the people Bratton had hired as a marketing expert was, quote, trashing his name. And I'm like, well, what does that even mean? Right. I mean, is there evidence of this? Um, and, you know, it, it just kept evolving and evolving into, all right, clearly it was stupid, which basically means it was all inappropriate, if not illegal. I thought that was interesting. So uh, a year later, now we're, well, I guess not a year later, uh, we're into 2022, but in September, almost a year later, this case is actually argued in front of the New Jersey Supreme Court. And this actually was specifically, uh, uh, I guess, the Office of Attorney Ethics. Yeah, so the all this evidence that we brought to you up to this point, um, we talked 
so I said depositions and stuff. Depositions were quoted, but basically all that stuff that we put together for you was this trial. So all this evidence was in this trial. So they're basically making a decision of what to do with Mr. Scott because he did something bad and they've got to discipline him somehow. So this is in September 15th of 2022. And now we jump ahead a little over a month and they end up deciding his case on October 27th of 2022. And they decided that he was going to be censured. And then I did note that some of the panel that made this decision did vote for a three month suspension, which I'm not a lawyer. I see censure and I'm like, okay, that sounds like it's bad, but really what did it do for him? But then I read three month suspension. And I'm like, okay, well that would be, he couldn't work for three months. That seems like an actual punishment. Well, he didn't actually get the suspension. He just got the censure and. Um, but the censure wasn't wanna... the big issue. So yeah, so let's understand what a censure is. A censure is a formal statement of disapproval, um, you know, by the governing body here. So here, the New Jersey bar, it's not found in the constitution. It's not like anything like that. It basically means shame on you. The bigger issue is for him, it is now a formal and permanent part of his record as an attorney. We tell our kids it'll be on your permanent record, which really doesn't mean anything. But as a lawyer, it does, because especially a lawyer who's fairly young, who's looking to bring in new clients. If you're a new potential client, you're like, oh, I wonder if this guy, Andrew Scott, is a is a good lawyer. Let me check. There's all kinds of, you know, uh, websites and, uh, you know, places to go that kind of help determine if your lawyer has been given a certain rating of like an A rating or if he has been sanctioned for being, you know, a terrible lawyer. And now he has the latter. He wasn't sanctioned, but he was censured. So I can tell you, if I had a choice between three lawyers and I didn't know any better, I wouldn't pick the one with a legal censure associated with it. Well, we have the wording. Uh, do you want to read it? Sure. I, maybe you want to pull out the points where he was found, I don't know, where he was censured, I guess not guilty, but he was censured in. Yeah, so the disciplinary review board, you know, worked with the court here and they ended up concluding that, did I say Andrew Scott? I guess I made the, I apologize, it's Justin Scott. Andrew Scott, of course, is from Office Space. Of Cherry Hill, who's admitted to the bar in the state of 2014, should be centered for violating a specific, a specific uh, area of New Jersey law, which was making a false statement of material fact to disciplinary authorities. Basically, he got busted for lying to the disciplinary authorities, which are the New Jersey bar, the ethics committee, um, and committing a criminal act that reflects adversely on a lawyer's honesty, trustworthiness, or fitness as a lawyer in other respects. They also got him on engaging in conduct involving dishonesty, fraud, deceit, or misrepresentation. Now, I'm not sure if all those are related to the fact that he lied about accessing TeamViewer or that he actually accessed TeamViewer when he shouldn't have, or it's both. I'm not sure about that. But either way, he was hereby censured and it is further ordered that the entire record of this matter be made a permanent part of respondent's file as an attorney at law in this state. It is further ordered that respondent reimburse the disciplinary oversight committee for appropriate administrative costs and expenses. So that's, you know, short of being, you know, I guess, criminally uh, found liable guilty here. It's a big problem for him, uh, Mr. Scott in terms of trying to build a practice of law, knowing that he's got a permanent record, uh, a negative record on this issue. And with that, we've come to the end of the case here. So I just have a few quick thoughts and then I'll give you a real quick preview of what to expect next week because our case next week is absolutely crazy. 
So some thoughts I put together on this. Accessing a former firm in any way, shape, or form, in my opinion, is generally a bad idea. Legally, in most circumstances, it's also a bad idea. If you think about accessing a former firm and you don't work there, I will just say pause and don't do it. There's probably a better way you can go about it. Now, computer forensics was a new term we threw at you, which is basically like putting together the last moments of a computer or how a computer was used. It can be used to solve cases like this. And I do want to point out that TeamViewer is not, it's not a hacking tool. It's not like he hacked something to get into this firm. It's a normal system administrative tool that people use in IT all the time. So don't walk away here thinking if you hear TeamViewer, that's a bad thing. TeamViewer is just one tool that someone can use to do what Justin Scott did. Now, what I, the last thing I wanted to leave you with is this could have been a lot worse. He just viewed some calendars. He could have gone in there, deleted data. He could have gone in there and changed data. He, he could, could have, have stole exfiltrated clients. data. He could have stole a ton yeah, of he, data. He could have gone and tried to stole, you know, client information that's probably on the networks. There's a ton of stuff that he had access to that if he would have just even put a couple minutes in could have made this case exponentially worse for the victim. And with that, Seth, um, did you have any other points you wanted to make before I take us out? I mean, real quick, you know, look, people make mistakes and I'm trying to look at this in the best possible light for Mr. Scott. I mean, clearly it was an unpleasant separation. I'm assuming it was like, you know, delusions or illusions of taking over the firm when Bratton retires and, you know, having a nice big firm to himself and, you know, becoming very wealthy in the process, representing, you know, elder law uh, clients. And it clearly blew up in his face. And he made a bad choice and then he lied about it, which is always, you know, the cover, cover up is worse than the crime. I think that he could recover from this. I think he'd basically have to have a standard um, way to explain it away. And it sounds like he could probably take a bar in a different state and open up a practice in a different state and try to, I guess, obfuscate to some extent that he doesn't have a permanent record indicating that he might be a dishonest attorney. Um, the decision making process and the you know internal ethics here are scary. You know, we'd like to think that lawyers are should be held to higher standards. Of course, there's enough law jokes, legal jokes, and just current events to tell us that's clearly not always the case. As an attorney, I always try to, you know, think about that. Um, but, you know, I guess uh, in the moment, people, you know, will, will justify their actions. So uh, anyway, you know, it, it's an interesting case because of the technology involved and, um, you know, in, in hindsight or looking at it from our perspective, like that's crazy shit, right? But you know, if he legitimately thought that it was his clients or he legitimately got screwed out of certain clients, I could understand at least the, um, you know, the reason why he would do such a thing. Not that I would ever agree to it. There's more appropriate ways to claim that somebody stole your clients. Yeah. So how do you reach us? Our website is the best spot for that. Our website is E-C-R-I-M-E-B-Y as in yellow milk. TES.com. So it's just spelled out ecrimebytes.com. If you go there on your phone, you're going to have a little three line hamburger looking thing up in the upper right hand corner. If you click that, you're going to have all our links there, all our social media, our glossary, our newsletter, anything you might want is going to be there. If you're on your desktop, you're not going to have that extra little button. It's just going to be across the top 
for most browsers that I've used it on. So next week is going to be a fun case because we have, you could take any little chunk of this case and it would be interesting on its own. We have a rapper whose name is Big Rig Baby who owns a Weedgenics company. So it's a weed company. And it ends up being a Ponzi scheme. Just let that sink in and we'll bring it to you next week. So look forward to seeing you then. And until then, thanks. Bye. Take care.